0: Welcome to the My Age podcast, a podcast that brings you conversations with people from all walks of life, using music to plot a map from their early years to how they got to where they are now. What's going on? Episode thirty. Thanks for hanging out. Pretty stoked. <clears throat> um, look, yeah, thanks for checking out. If this is your first episode, uh, thank you for checking out. If it's the thirtieth episode, thirtieth episode, and thanks for checking it out. If it's fit somewhere between those two numbers. Um, I've had a fantastic time doing each each of these episodes. It's been a blast, every one of them. Um, and, I, and I hope you've got a kick out of them as well. Um, yeah, the feedback I'm getting is always fantastic and it's always appreciated. Um, like, yeah, and the plan is to just keep going with them. Um, I've recently lucked into getting um, someone to help... Oh, a few people to kind of help me with guests, so... Um, you know, I won't promise it, but, um, there's a chance that, you know, if, the, if this all goes to plan, I might actually be doing two, two two a month again, as opposed to just the one every month. Um, but again, don't hold me to it. So, yeah, hope everything's cool with you. Um, and remember if you like what you hear and think this or any other episode is worth a dollar or two or five or whatever. Um, Go to paypal.me slash myagepodcast, or one word, myagepodcast, and donate to the cause. Um, I guess basically to help keep this ship afloat. Um, Every cent helps, uh, and definitely never expected, but definitely always highly appreciated. So yeah, there's that. So today's guest is the fantastic Alison Mychalk. Um, She's been a huge inspiration to me personally, and I'm sure to a lot of other people, and constantly amazes me with her achievements, that she's kind of, that the goal she sets and the kind of achievements she, I guess, fulfills. Um, so get comfy, settle in. There's no point in me kind of rattling them all off because she'll do a better job than I ever, she does a better job of explaining what she does better than I ever can in this little preamble. Um, so yeah, get comfy, settle in, and let's start the show. Alison Wideshaw, girl. Kill! Alrighty, episode 30 my age podcast um, with me I won't even get into her credentials because they're you know long's probably not the right word I want to use but many there's many a credentials <laughs> um, but I was thinking about this today and I'll probably I probably talked about this in the preamble already but um I just like to say it in front of her um, Ali my chalk Alice and my chalk I've got in front of me now um, embodies the literal sense of DIY I was kind of thinking about that today and think, everything she's ever done has been a diy so like alison <laughs> how are you <ya? laughs>
1: i'm good well i'm terrible at working for other people i think is what is what you're getting well, at well, well you're, you're not have... saying that but
0: no 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 not terrible. like you're the you're the ultimate in I, and and this is obviously the most loving respectful way but like here's what i want mm. and watch me do it because <laughs> and because i've known you for long enough where i've watched you go Oh, cool! Ali's done that now because that's what she wanted to do. Like, and we're obviously going to get into it all. Mm. But yeah, it's like you see, you know, everyone's you. everyone's guilty of like, oh, I've got this pipe dream. But like, while I do the pipe dream, I'm going to do this other thing that pays the bills. But mm. I've got this pipe dream where you're just like, my pipe dream has to pay the bills. <laughs>
1: yes like thank you yeah, yeah well yes a lot of hard work
0: yeah oh yeah absolutely yeah yeah without yeah it goes without saying um, yeah yeah
1: but no yeah. but you're right but i yeah. do set my mind on something and go for it and See. um you know but i'm often driven by what i don't want which is like working nine to five for somebody else there so. you go
0: and that's yeah that's exactly right yeah so let's just start at how we do tell us about your parents tell us about kind of their upbringing how they met you know what they were listen to musically all that kind of jazz
1: oh look, this is a quick part of the story joel yep. i think because yep. you know my parents weren't super into music very academic family lots of like reading and things like that were going on so i didn't really get introduced to music through them okay um i mean they definitely had records and things but it was more like you know they're listening to abc talkback radio or something so yep. I really found my way to music through rage and video yep. hits, that typical sort of path. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, just sort of, uh, you know, was really, <laughs> I was thinking, I was listening to Clarity's uh, episode, yep. episode. And, you know, I totally did the same thing, which was like recorded songs oh, yeah. off the television. Yep you know had the whole dual tape deck thing you know waiting for waiting for a song to the come moment, on yeah. and i remember i don't know i think like i was thinking about how like vhs tapes they're really expensive the long ones i think maybe only in six hours was the longest one you could get because i remember like we had one and you would have to convince my brother and sister like please can i tape over the whatever better hills
0: 90210 <laughs> yep <laughs> episode. i
1: really need to tape rage tonight and i had a really good friend Catherine that was into music so i would be like well, I'll record from the beginning and like you set your alarm up at like two AM and then you record with your six hour. That's tape. dedication
0: to the cause. <laughs> <We> <laughs> That's pretty good.
1: We were very dedicated to the cause and then we had to like, you know, each watch our six hour video and find any like decent tracks in it and things. And then so, you'd
0: go copy across to something else? Yes. Yes. yes you know, and, and I make like think, a um, mega mix like yeah. <laughs> videos
1: yes and you know you've got the tape deck and then something good comes on the radio as well and you record it and you're yeah. thinking oh no i'm just i don't even know what i'm recording over like i hope it wasn't good because you know you've got to prime it to that exact spot yeah, wind what, your little yeah. tape to the you know, the kids
0: will never know the, the kids, kids will never, will never
1: know, know. Yeah. i know they won't um so yeah so catherine and i um oh, before
0: you go on about that I have, I have i think your dad you've told me something about your dad and it was so small, but it still blew my mind. <laughs> so before we move on to like you, I just... Is it true your dad got an award of some kind from TomTom <laughs> because of the errors he, fa- he... He had like... He found the most errors in TomTom or like some kind of <laughs> GPS maps thing?
1: Yes, yes. That's amazing. He's really into technology and he yeah. always has been. So he's really, you know, he's really into his GPSs. It's just like a joke almost. But yeah. he like was just constantly sending in error reports to them and he sent in, like, thousands of, like, this is a one-way street, this is a blah, blah, and (laughs) they sent him an email. Well, like, thanks so much, Graham. We'd really want to give you this... this whatever gps free <laughs> he wrote back and he was like well i've heard there's some problems with that i'd rather good. wait till the new one comes out
0: good <laughs> that's how to do it like look don't give me an inferior product that's got that's riddled with problems <laughs> but like was he driving around to find the problems or was he like, not to find the problems but like
2: like
1: i don't know think he was for those but he did drive around to um gps plot golf course um like What's the word? The coordinates, that was like this thing path that he went down because he's really into golfing and then to, like was... to
0: find where golf courses are or to plot the actual golf course.
1: No, to find where they are to put them on like maps where the maps didn't have them or something right, like. Okay, yeah. Anyway, the <laughs> what um, I can credit my dad with. Um, gps stuff aside is because he was really into technology i got onto the internet really early so like maybe 94 95. yep um and i remember being in a friend's house and her little brother was like typing away on the screen and laughing his head off and i'm like what are you doing and he's like i'm talking to people and i was like what do you mean like you know and i went home to dad and and he was like oh well yeah you just need a modem like i can get you a modem from work or something but he wasn't
0: up on this at the moment at the time no we
1: didn't have a modem then um and then we got one and then i joined this like local bulletin board and it was cost me seven dollars 95 a month but i had to send a check in the mail so i had to like give mom my pocket money she would write me a check and i would post it and i have to post it in time that it didn't run out at the end of the month so they'd be like that they would get it and renew my like subscription where were they based for the month it was a local one. They were in Meadowbank or something. So I joined okay. that same local bulletin board that this this kid was on, Nick. And uh, <laughs> anyway, wow, that's bizarre. I haven't thought about that for a long time. Yeah. But yeah, so I got on the internet yeah. super early because of that. And now I work with online communities. But that's like almost the end of this. Did interview. your dad
0: have like a weird? <clears throat> so my old man was very up on te- Well, up on technology for a guy who didn't work in technology. If that makes sense. Yep. Did your dad have someone, like, kind of competing with to, like, one-up the Joneses or anything? Or was he just like, I'm just going to do this?
1: Yeah, well, he'd always been into, like, building his own computers and okay. worked in programming and things like that. So, um, yeah, there's a... Yeah, yeah. That's it. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it made a big difference to me to get on the internet that early in terms of what I sort of went on later to do in Absolutely, terms yeah. of my experience with online communities. But, yeah, so... Go Graham.
0: There you go. So let's we'll go. We'll pick a song. Is there anything that kind of sums up your parents? Maybe a, a song they just kind of drilled into you subconsciously, or that just happened to be on all the time.
1: Not not really. But but in so in this era. Of is when I started going to shows, so yep. I'm going to just explain that and then jump to the song. So Catherine and I started, you know, reading drum media every week yep. and we would make sure we went and got it religiously and we would look through it and we would go to like any all ages show that was on, like if it was in Sutherland or Hornsby. or Where were you living? I was living in Eastwood.
0: Okay, Yep
1: um so we would just go to as many bands as much as we could we didn't really care what what it was if it wasn't all ages and it was in drum media. we were going this was sort of like you know friends of rum night occurs effects all that sort of era front and load like there were certain bands that did a lot of all ages shows friends all being one of them and um yeah i really cannot tell my story of my experience in the music industry and in music in general without Frenzel Rom playing a massive part in yeah, you know? it,
2: yeah.
1: um, they sort of have popped up at many points throughout the time, so I have chosen Frenzel cool. and I've chosen Chemotherapy. Sick.
0: So how old, how old do you think you were when you were kind of watching Rage? Did you kind of like jump onto that really early or...?
1: No, I feel like that was sort of high school years. Okay. Yeah, maybe like year eight, year nine-ish or maybe year seven, year eight, around then. Yeah. Um, yeah, I feel like there wasn't a long time till then we started going to shows, which would we would have been about 14 or something, I yeah, okay. think. Um, although I... Th- I think one of the first shows that I like, – I think the first show that I went to was and I at Manly and that was like Berlin Chair era. So that was 90
0: – Youth Centre or was it a festival? Youth Centre. Okay, yeah, yeah.
1: So I would have been in year nine then I think. So, And I do remember that night really vividly. I remember the point when Catherine and I at first – because I like would, you know, watching Rage but then actually realising, oh, some of these – you know, some of these are bands, and they're bands that play like yeah, and they seeing, do stuff. Yeah, seeing shows. Like, I remember that being a revelation, where it was like, oh wow, like that you and my bands yeah. actually playing a show. Um, so we went to that show, and we went to lots of shows at, at, at Manly after that.
0: How were you getting to Manly? Like, were you were people driving? Were parents driving you and kind of hanging out, or were you catching catching the ferry across? Or
1: uh, I feel like parents drove us. I remember. I remember. Yeah. I actually got arrested for underage <laughs> drinking Alan, at wow. Manly and I had to... Look, r-
0: <laughs> that's a rite of passage. I'm going to put it out there. Drinking at Manly, you sent us a rite of passage. Pack- I know, passage.
1: right? Yeah. yeah, it was. And Were
0: you drinking there or at the Cricket Oval down the at road? At the Oval. Yeah, yeah so that's, yeah, that's yeah. where it all went down. <laughs> yeah.
1: I remember the, the cops came over and asked for our ID and so forth. And I remember they got my wallet and he went through one card at a time and he looked at it and then he threw it on the ground, like just tossed it like a frisbee. So he would each one and he just went through everything, like my bank card, my everything. So there was like 15 cards in there and he would just frisbee them and then he's like, pick up your shit. Like it was a pretty crap thing to do. How
0: drunk? Like were you really drunk? No, you just Yeah, okay, right, right
1: well yeah no not super drunk but i had to ring my parents and get them to come and pick me up and they were furious because they were like all dressed up and they were supposed to be going out to to dinner somewhere and i'm at the like cop yeah. station so yeah mum still uh brings it up every now
0: that's and then. fair enough <laughs> just just to remind you you know you're not always perfect there was that one time in whatever year it was at manly <laughs> cricket oval
1: <laughs> yes i'm sure they've got uh quite a few memories um I think that's why I'm glad I, didn't, I don't have a daughter. It will be like, you know, my, my revenge, like karma coming back to me.
0: Yeah, I used to have a theory on that.
1: <laughs> but, yeah, so, um, yeah, and then it was a probably sort of around that time or those sort of couple of years where, um, where you would start going into Waterfront on the weekend, Waterfront and Red Eye yep. and checking everything out. And that's when I got into zines and started reading a lot of the zines that were there. And then, um, you know, to your point earlier, went, well, I can do this. I should do this. Yeah. And um, Catherine and I started a zine called Are You Normal? And well, um,
0: who, who were making the zines at the time that you were reading? What were they?
1: Oh, there was so many and there was a really cool zine community. Like it was just, we had this like snail mail, like, you know, the whole chain mail sort of thing. And there was like that going on where just zines would just turn up all the time and I would send 10 to random addresses and then you'd get to know people that were running them in, you know, Brisbane or Perth or somewhere. Um, I feel bad that I can't remember the names, but it was definitely, but the zines would really like come and go. People would do like one issue and realise how much work it it was.
0: Yeah, for, for zero
1: yeah zero financial gain so much so much work um well we did five issues and i think by the fifth issue we were doing like a run of like 500 or something um but what's what's really funny is um i found this spreadsheet printout recently you know parents try and give you all your junk back back yeah and it was like um, I had all the stores and the number of, like, um, mat, like zines that I dropped in. Um, I had the price that I was selling them for. I had, the, like, the commission, like, the cut they'd take because they each took a different cut. Yeah. And then I made them sign <laughs> for the zines. So it's, like, you know, inventory and margins. and For,
0: like, 15 years old. yeah yeah that's pretty that's pretty advanced
1: i just laughed on his because i was like how do i even know what like you know what i mean
0: why would you know that yeah
1: yeah which is exactly me running a business now as a ceo i'm just like pretending i know stuff (laughs) it's
0: just just, fake it till you make it yeah it
1: just works out because everyone else is making up stuff too and actually lots of people just aren't doing it because they have fear that they don't have the knowledge but really just sort of learn by doing which is yeah um what I've done so we yeah so we started the zine um
0: with the zines do you you may not remember them like or who else what other zines were out there but have you found that those people are kind of still around or was it like I, I have this I have this thing where like I can point to like yourself or there's a whole bunch of a whole bunch of people I can look at and go you're at the, you're at the top of the food chain for whatever it is you're doing Mm. But I remember you and I used to go watch this band, like just as no, as like random kids. Yeah. Like, are those people still around, like doing stuff in editorial or all like in something, or they're just kind of.
1: I think there were people that were illustrators and things that definitely went on. Like there's, I, you know, that I went on to see and think, oh, that's that same illustrator. But I didn't meet a lot of the people that okay. were doing zines, and because it was just a name, you know, we didn't. There was no way of like. Looking so no one up ever
0: attached their name.
1: Sometimes, to or, or, but okay. often not as much because people were using like post office boxes, and sometimes you didn't even know who did the zines. Yeah. Okay. Um. So yeah, I imagine some people would have though. So. Yeah, cool. Yeah, so the 3rd issue was awesome. We did the 3rd issue was my favorite and we had friends all front end loader and we got an interview with No Effects and you know No Effects never do interviews. Ever. And It's
0: like so this would have been This was 95.
1: 90. Okay. I feel like that came out in 95 cuz I changed schools and I went to this new school. Yep. Um but um
0: hey, sorry. How did you get the No F- Yeah, like <laughs> they they write in the albums like don't contact us. So they Like at that time, they were like, don't talk, like do not ask us for interviews, we're not interested.
1: Yeah, yeah. I know, it was a total coup. Um, so my friend Chad did a Northern Beaches radio show and somehow... What was it called? Oh, <laughs> my memory is so bad. It wasn't Dead Socks, was it? I don't know, it was some...
0: Northern Beaches in like Narrabee? Be-
1: yeah, yeah.
0: Okay. Because so- I have a friend who did that.
1: Okay.
0: Um... Which we can get into. like I Yeah, yes. Yeah, so it like a yeah. community
1: radio thing. Somehow he snagged this interview. Yeah. Um, and then I was like, you have to do a write-up and do an interview, like do a piece for the, for the zine. So he did. So that was awesome. Um, yeah, and it was really cool. So I changed schools and I went to Hunters Hill, which is also where Wade went, funnily enough, but I didn't know Wade then. Which,
0: oh, you may not have, you may have been through high school when he... Yeah,
1: because I only, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and he's a baby. He is a baby. He's a little bit, yeah. <laughs> um, so. But I had this really cool teacher that was awesome. Everyone's got these favourite yeah. teachers they remember. But, you know, she knew that I was doing the zine and she would be like, oh, look, oops, the room to the photocopying doors oh. being left unlocked at lunchtime. You
2: beauty. And
1: she would let me go in there and I would just like hammer out. I mean, this was like, you know, I don't know if we're up to 500 then, but even if it was two or 300, it was like a lot of pages. Yeah. We're talking like thousands yeah, and thousands
0: five or six pages
1: yeah 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 times more. a couple of hundred yeah, yeah so it's like reams i was taking home like reams of you know because i asked my dad actually he would he would photocopy it at work and he's just like that's illegal and i'm
0: like <laughs> good cheese, <geez>, dad <laughs>
1: like thanks so you know i found yeah. this other teacher that did oh yeah and i mean it was a massive production like putting them together but i remember like Everyone did them in a really shitty way. Like they had that really like cut and paste and like just crappy DIY look. And I was like, why is no one doing one that just looks like a magazine but has the music that we want in it? Like, yeah. Yeah. so ours was still cut and paste because that's all there was. It was literal cut and paste on a piece of cardboard, but you've got to get all the back to fronts, right? Yeah, which is a fucking nightmare. The pagination. Um, And um, yeah, you know what? I think we just made it a bit more professional, a bit more like the sort of zine that we wanted. And um yeah, so so we used to go into waterfront and then drop off our zines or pick up the money from the last one. Waterfront. And we would be like pick up our sixteen dollars fifty. That's it. And we would be like, you beauty, yeah. long necks were like two dollars fifty. Yes. <laughs> so we used to go and buy a couple of long necks and go and sit in the park in Newtown and just be like this is Just, us this is us and yeah. then go and play some pool or Doesn't something get any you know, so we must have we definitely weren't eighteen back then, obviously yep. you could get into <laughs> pubs and the feedback no and all the fuck. venues and yeah. all of that so um yeah, we'd get our little six waterfront was our best selling place the other ones you might only be getting like six or eight dollars was from water, or something. was it
0: when i when I first started going to waterfront, you walked up those i think was it Clarence street, yeah. And you walked up those stairs? Yeah, yeah. Yep. So that was, like, that was it when... Because, like, they all kind of... I always felt like they kind of...
1: They moved around moves, a bit. Red a Eye bit, yeah. moved around quite a lot, yeah. And
0: Utopia would have, did as well. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And I always loved the, like, the staffs riding on the waterfront CDs. That's like fantastic. Like, Alison from Smudge and people like that. I like, did work had experience little, there.
0: Yeah. And I was like, this is the greatest. <laughs> like, this is, this is the greatest job. You can't beat the... <laughs>
1: That's funny. She's friends with my friends, who we see around, and it's so weird. But um, yes, yeah, so Zine Zine high school era, and then um, and then I started getting into like yeah more pop punk, and I was dating this guy Daniel that was older. So it's like you know when you like have like the the older dude that turns up and picks you up from yeah, school. Your parents are just- like, annoying. just the car turns off yeah. you get to be, like, one of the girls that's not dating the, the dudes at school. Yeah. No offence to the dudes at school. <laughs> Still friends with them, hi. Yeah. Um, no, right. but actually, I hung out with this really cool group of guys, actually, when we changed schools. So, it was Catherine and I changed schools together and we had this sort of, like, awkward, like, you got to choose the group that you're going to sit with. Yeah. You know, and you just knew when there's just the two of you and we were just like, Let's go and sit with those dudes. Let's see what happens. So we just walked over, and they no girl sat in their group and we're just like, Hey, we're gonna sit with you guys
0: now. Yeah, right.
1: <laughs> and they're all based on all
0: what <laughs> like like did someone have like no effects or like this that skate S symbol written on their bag or Well, like... I think
1: they were surfers and I think right. um I think Catherine was pretty sure that they smoked weed, so that cool. was like...
0: ticks all the boxes. <laughs> yeah. What else do you need?
1: um so then we went and hung out with them and they yeah so a lot of those guys yeah they surfed and skated and I skated with them and um got into more punk but then the my point about Daniel the story was that so he lived up at Foster and we used to spend summer with his mates and I I would drive up so I had a car and then I would just be we'd be driving around looking for good surf you know yeah so people would get in and be picking some made up and you'd be dropping someone off and, you you know, you would just have your tunes in the car. And one day someone left this awesome cassette tape in my car and it was so good. And it's like I didn't even know all the bands on it, but it was just like I was just, oh, my God, I love this and I'm not going to give it back. <laughs> awesome and i felt really bad because it was like a mixtape yeah and it was a mixtape it
0: wasn't like a compilation it was, it was like a proper someone had put the effort in yeah yeah,
1: yeah. and I, f- I felt like some guilt about the fact Fuck that i was going to keep this but i was just like this is so good yeah and you know i listened to it all the way home and for ages and I I didn't even know who the bands were like some of the bands on there like there was like Lagwagon and Blink and Mill and and all that sort of stuff but um like maybe Unwritten Law and things like that but I had some of them I didn't know at the time so I just had to wait till I could work out who they are and I'd just be listening to them and someone would be like I'd love this song and I'd be like who is this band so
0: you no cover
1: no cover no cover just a tape of goodness
0: yeah yeah
1: that's it Just mystery. That's
0: awesome. (laughs) That's how to do it. Like,
1: (laughs) so whoever that person is, I'm really sorry that I stole your tape in like whatever year it was, but thank you.
0: So your boyfriend lived in Foster.
1: He well, he was from. He he was from Foster. Foster. Right. Catherine met him there originally in Foster, though. So we just have good memories of of Foster. Of yeah.
0: So what you had a long distance relationship of sorts, or?
1: No, he moved to Sydney. Right, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm still friends with him. Hi. <laughs> if you're listening.
0: Tell us who Yeah, tell us who owned that tape, guy.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. Some some dude. But anyway, so that was really good. Um so I'm going to choose another Please song, do. but um I'm going to preface this and we haven't even got to that part, but obviously yeah. I went on to interview a lot of bands in in Music later on, mags, and I was thinking about this and like who's one of my favourite bands to interview and generally most bands are rubbish to interview. So sorry.
0: (laughs) Why is that? Before we go on, why is that? They're just not interested. Like, do you when you were doing interviews? When you were doing interviews, yeah. Did you were you doing a thing where like whether if it was on the phone would be like hey like the like the PR person would say hey you've got like fifteen minutes and then they're going to go on to the next person and they're just going to do a cycle of interviews with random like yeah, whatever, that's it. And so yes, is that yeah. why it gets shit?
1: Yeah, I think so. I mean, I always prefer doing face-to-face interviews for that reason. I find yeah. it really hard to sort of build rapport in a phone call. But I think at the end of the day, it's like, the interesting stuff to me is like the person, but no one wants to talk about that. They just want to talk about the music, they and actually, the like the music kind of talks for itself, like yeah. you know you can really pull it apart, but it's like there's not like there's only so many times you can ask a band like what influenced you about why you wrote this or what does this yeah. song mean to you?" And it just gets like it's so like once you do hundreds of interviews, it's hard and sometimes yeah. sometimes musicians will let you take it to a more interesting place, but so often they they don't it's so to a script. Yeah, so people that get kind of like, oh, it must be amazing to have met all those people. I'm like, why? Yeah. <laughs> just. I was like, I was
0: interview number seventeen of thirty two that day, and yeah, <laughs> they just were over it. Yeah. Yeah,
1: it's like it's yeah, like um, so, um, but one band I really loved, always enjoyed interviewing, is Melancholy. Sick. They're just really good dudes and, um, oh God, I would have interviewed them so many times over the years, you know, they were always out and, yeah, you know,
2: yeah.
1: um, magazines would change and I'd be in different cities and I'd walk in and they were like, Ah, oh, you know, like get to know That's me. And cool. it was just, they're just, um, they, you know, they speak English quite well, but it yeah. was really cute some of their um, sort of explanations for things. And I remember I was interviewing them Um and we were talking about the song "Material Boy," which is the song yep. that I'm going to choose. Okay. And I remember one of them was just like, "Ah, oh, this is because um, Nicola is just owning one pair of pants."
0: That's <laughs> how he put it. That's fantastic. <laughs> that I mean, you, you get it. You don't need an explanation. But you know it's grammatically all bad, but you still get the point.
1: <laughs> and also so yeah. good. And I actually still think, like, the the co- the point of the song is really good and I really love that, Um, you know, I'll expand my needs somehow. Like, yeah. I think it's more relevant than ever and I often think about that, like, just that, yeah, we always, there's no end to desire, we keep expanding our needs. Yeah. So it's, it's a cool line in a cool song. So that's my next song. Let's do
0: it. <laughs>
2: The passion to the furrow turns to green.
0: you started interviewing them did you get them for a zine or was there a um
1: no so i didn't so jumping from the story so i go from high school and i have this i remember having this argument with my mom in the kitchen about how i'm not going to go to uni and get a job and work nine to five for the rest of my life until i die and i'm just like yelling at this like an angry teenager you know
0: that's that's something that I could be completely wrong. But like punk rock and to maybe a bit more a bit bigger extent like a, like a lot of alternative music not all of it but a lot of it that just in, they just put that preface out there. Yeah. Like yeah. there aren't many other styles of music that kind of say no you don't have to do that like Yes, that's true. Like you know country or rap's a bit different or rap's very different but like pop stuff it never
1: Raps like make a ton of bling but we won't really tell you how. Yeah, just but, yeah, like make we, a lot of money. <laughs> we just have
0: it. Like we just have don't don't ask where we got it from. But like where punk rocks like, no no, you don't have to do and again a lot of alternatives is like you don't have to do just because yeah. just cause the twenty eight other kids in your class did it or are gonna do it doesn't mean you have to do it.
1: Absolutely. And punk has really influenced me so so much, um, and you know, it does to this day with the company that I now run. But, um, yeah, so I remember sort of, yeah, and I've always been sort of big picture thinker too. like I look at your whole life and sort of work backwards from there. And I'm just like, well, that seems crazy. Like, you know, and my parents had just had one job their whole life, which was, you know, more, more common then, but I was like, this seems crazy. But one day I decided, oh, well, I could go to uni and do journalism because I like doing the zine and maybe I could become an editor of a music magazine. Like that would, that would be cool you know so i remember sort of saying to Mum, well you know there's this course of bathurst but i'm not going to go there you know and Mum's like well why 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 not she she says now she was just really like just so excited that i thought about it but just trying to sort of you know downplay that i was actually considering going to uni
0: yeah so for anyone who doesn't know bathurst is it's a big country town yeah
1: big country town yep yep sort of over the blue mountains so yeah it's a bit Two and a half,
0: three hours from Sydney? Yeah, yeah. West
1: of yep. Sydney, yeah. <clears throat> yep. Um, so what was really cool actually about their communications degree that I did um, was you could submit stuff in year 12. You had to do an essay, but you could submit other supporting material to show why you wanted to do this comms course. So I sent them my zine and they gave me preliminary kind of acceptance into the Fuck course. yeah, that's awesome. And it was just like they were still going to look at how I did in the HSC, but my whole HSC wasn't, you know, like, you know, I wasn't um, just w- banking on yeah. I didn't have to get this particular mark yep. necessarily. I just had to get a good enough mark. Yeah, 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 they didn't absolutely. tell me what it was, of course, but I love that they went off, you know, like you being able to show them that you've already put effort in. Yeah. Um, so I got into that course, which was amazing so many of my friends you know friends to this day when you all move to a town and lived together for three years it's just incredible um, so did this really great um, comms course there and then did my you had to do an internship for one of the courses and the my friend Nelly who was also from Bathurst but had finished she was the editor at the time so I went and did my internship there um, and then, graduated from uni in 99 yep. had a like oh my god what am i going to do with my life <laughs> like um now what happens you know wow yeah. i think i've got to go and get a job of something and i went and started working in a pub just for money and then um while well, i was going to decide and then they recovery rung and offered me a job as assistant editor um so that was i think i was 20 yeah i was 20 okay Yeah, I hadn't turned 21 because I had my 21st there and got really drunk and fell asleep under someone's desk. And there's a photo of it in a magazine somewhere.
0: In a recovery magazine? Yes. So, (laughs) like, we all, like, a lot of people I talk to obviously talk about rage and recovery. Yes. So, this was a magazine that kind of.
1: Yeah, revolved around the show. So yeah. this publishing house had the license from the ABC to do the magazine that went with the show. So yeah. the show was filmed in Melbourne and the the magazine was done in Sydney. Okay, and that was by Terra Planet Press, and they did Juice magazine as well. Oh, so that's that right. was yeah. yeah. So that was a great um, mag. What was the
0: What was the purpose of the magazine? Was it um, to dig deeper on the stuff that they talked about on the show, or was it? other stuff that would come across better as, a, as the written medium as opposed to a visual?
1: Look, I think there was a bit of crossover, but I think it was really just an opportunity to, you know...
0: Just push the brand. ...kind of
1: partner with them and you yeah. know, work with that brand and have a print version of it. So, um, yeah, so that was a m- just nothing but good memories working there. Yeah. Uh, awesome company to work for. Um you know, I'm twenty, record companies have money, there's just Oh, like, people are buying CDs. People yeah. are buying CDs. There's shows on, there's like opening parties, there's launches, there's like, you know, awesome big day outs and just it's all happening. It's just a really good time. Um i remember my boss one day was wearing a shirt like a college shirt and i'm like why are you wearing that and he's like oh because my other clothes are dirty Good. and i was like this is my kind, yeah. <laughs> this is my kind of place this is my people. yeah um yeah so and yeah there was a few magazines in there little of juice and recovery but then some other mags but um yeah i <laughs> So many good memories, but one particular cool one was I was standing at the fax machine. As you do. Waiting to send the fax. Yep.
0: So I think like email, but like you do it in reverse <laughs> and you print it out and then you send it to
1: someone. <laughs> you send it in a machine. In the
2: machine, yeah.
1: And so I'm standing there and this fax, you know, they're coming out slowly as they do. Nye, 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 yep. nye, 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 nye. And it says... Foo Fighters in store today, one PM or whatever.
0: Was it at HMV a downstairs? HMV, and it was fucking pandemonium.
1: Pandemonium. The fax was not to me, Joel.
0: Oh right, okay, right, cool.
1: But no pe- one knows yeah. that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, statute of limitations well and truly over. Yeah.
1: That fax never saw the light of day, and I took that, and I pretty sure i actually ran to Pitt street because it was like 12 30 or whatever was like it the a, show was Was, was it about an to invite? Start?
0: like hey here is use this to get in yes because i remember getting there and i was just like i'll stand the top of the stairs going this is this isn't <laughs> like i can hear it but the, i can't see fuck or they may as well have had you know you could tell it was live but you couldn't see anything. i couldn't see anything
1: yeah well it was down it was in the yeah. store it was yeah yeah. It was, yeah so no i think they just invited like press and competition winners and things yeah so um yeah i just ran to the city from surrey (laughs) hills with my invite it was to juice magazine so sorry juice yeah um but it was great and the crowd i was standing on this milk crate and the stage was probably like milk crate height so everyone was sort of between us but i just got to like look at dave Grohl and just feel like they were just playing this show for me so
0: and that would have been the one after color color and the shape or was it color and the shape we don't remember
1: I think it was color and the shape. It was
0: okay, right? Yeah.
1: Would that that be like two thousand and one? No, a bit after ish?
0: that. Because I, I w-
1: wasn't there for that long because recovery folded. I think it
0: was th- that would have been the three piece, the nothing left to lose album.
1: Okay. Yeah.
0: Where well, they did it as a three piece, but then your, they got you Your. I only recently two just I only recently just watched the doco again because I was like oh, I like this and put it on and so that's
1: yeah. I'm actually. This is <laughs> a fun fact. It's not necessarily no, a fact, but me. I'm like terrible with like names of songs, names of musicians, who played what yeah. in, in where. Like I just don't have attention to detail is not my strong suite. So I'm like yeah. big picture. Rest, net. Nah, don't know. Yeah. People that are like, oh, like, you know, the third album before the second, the guitarist joined from just like. I meh. can
0: tell you all that shit and you know where it gets me nowhere it gets me nada like it's it's a fun fact that, like i can pull out fun facts about anything and then go but what did it like what financial gain did i get from this nothing because when,
1: that's when why you, i'm here you get to be here hosting well, this marvelous yeah, podcast helps. yeah
0: <laughs> yeah so.
1: um yeah so not good at that but i think that's what i learned from running magazines um, and I sort of took that skill later on. It was more like it was running a business. So, Recovery folded. Yep. ABC show got canned, so then there was no magazine because the license was based on that.
0: What? Why do they, like, I just remember ending.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I think like, it was just like an ABC funding cut thing. Okay. So, it was just dead, and then I, the magazine folded. I got a $7,000 retrenchment, like, Check which I was 22 and it was just so, so much money, So much money. like I was crying, but then I opened the check. And I so was like, yeah. oh. You still cried, but, but I'm like crying. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I was, you know, I was pretty devastated at the time because I was like, There's just not going to be any job that
0: that good, that's oh, that, that, that relevant. Good. Yeah,
1: like that's it. That I've peaked, yeah. like my life's that over 20, now, and yeah. that, like that's it. Like, yep. what am I going to do? Um. And oh yeah, I you know went into a period of freaking out about that and wrote a long list of things that I couldn't do, very me. Um, and then I got a phone call from Next Media, and they asked me if I would was interested in putting together a magazine for a younger audience than Rolling Stone, so really similar to Recovery. And did I want to put that together? Yeah, wow. Well. So I went in and I had this really long list of questions, you know, like how committed are you? How long are you going to give it to work? What yep. sort of circulation are you aiming for? Like, what team would I have? Like, what's your marketing budget? You know, like, is, you know, all these questions. Yeah. You know, I'm 22 or maybe 23, 22 yeah. at the time. You know, they answer them, da 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 da. Yep, great, oh. offered me the job.
0: Oh, so they—they okay, right? They had they had the answers for you. Yeah, they knew they they had answers
1: that sounded good to me at the time. Yeah, yeah. you know,
0: as a twenty-three, like you were as as a twenty-three-year-old, you know, yeah,
1: yeah, (laughs) the one that was just, you know, making it up as I went along. Yeah, but I was trying to gauge, you know, like yeah, if it had any viability or not, and then so I start, and they go, "Cool, that's your desk there. Uh, The toilets are over there." Uh, you share a designer with a string guitar and you have five weeks to get the first issue out and you have a budget of $5,000. And I'm like, I mean, you can't do... Doing a magazine in five weeks is just... I mean, you do, what, you do them in four. You do a magazine in four and that is a shit ton of work. So we had an extra week essentially to make a magazine out of nothing.
0: So, But what did you have?
1: nothing like so nothing and Australian guitar was bi-monthly so it came out every eight weeks we actually came out every five weeks so we were a little bit sneaky and did like you know one less issue a year um but a five week and eight week schedule with a designer doesn't work either um and we had nothing we didn't have a name we didn't have anything
0: (laughs) so the clock started when
1: you sat down yeah fuck and five thousand dollars is also nothing because you're you have no staff so you're buying all your stories so i'm just like ringing every music writer that i know I'm ringing all the photographers. Like, Tony Mott, like, save the day on, like, a million occasions. He would just, like, just bring everything in, just get, you know, do whole f- – all the poster sections for me. He of would course, just yeah. let me out his photo cabinet. Like, I would go around to his house and just be, like, just rifling through his, like, negatives.
0: That would be insane.
1: Oh, so amazing. Like, fuck. Um, go Tony. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was great. So
0: So, so Tony is the – for people who don't know, Tony Mott is the the photographer, the music photographer. I am I'm, I'm sure he does other things like in other fields, but like Oh, I mean
1: that's it, he's done all the yeah. 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 Chances
0: it's, are if you saw a live photo from the eighties, nineties and then even beyond, it was him. Whether it be at a big day out or a festival yeah. or a promo photo or whatever, he was the guy.
1: Yeah, he was and he was just so great to work with and just, you know, like just yeah, made, made it easy which is what we really needed. So he was super helpful. Couldn't have done it without him. But um yeah, we had Joe Ferrara who'd worked on was working on Rolling Stone, but had worked at Next Media. So we had a I had a few people I could sort of call on to get it all together. But um I was like 5 weeks is not possible. This can't be done and they were like UK is bringing Kerrang Mag out and it's coming out in 5 weeks you have to be on the stand before Kerrang. Wow. So just magic this magazine out of out of nothing and So um, where did
0: this was blunt, yeah? This
1: was blunt. Where
0: did blunt where did the name come from? Um and that's such a fucking high school like what does your name mean like asking a <laughs> asking a high school being like what does seven heads of state mean or whatever like you know yeah what what where what was it...
1: Oh, and we totally See, skipped Esky because remember, rec- that's right, the show folder and we couldn't call it Recovery, we changed it to Esky and then Esky Mag was around okay. for a while and people loved that and then it was the one that they axed eventually right. because that publishing house had dramas. But yeah, Blunt, um, I don't know, I remember sitting around coming up with a whole heap of just i don't we probably only spent like 10 minutes on that because we're just yeah. like uh, blah, 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 blah. and i don't know who did come up with the name i'm not sure it was me um but yeah so anyway we got that out and i don't know if it's still going but it got to its 10th for its 10th anniversary they went back and interviewed all the editors of it and contacted oh, wow. me and interviewed me which was really cute that anyone ever remembered That's really cool. I think Amy Simmons was the editor at the time, so she, of course, remembered me because I'd done stuff with her. But, um, yeah, I don't know if it's still around, but, um, yes, so Blunt. Yeah. So started that.
0: Who was on the first cover?
1: Slipknot.
0: Ah, yes. Which
1: I wouldn't have remembered, but I looked at the magazines recently, um, which was... a total blaster in the past um because i was i told someone i had worked for blunt and they were like oh i totally remember that mag and i'm like no one like does anyone remember it and they were like oh you guys did so much for hard music like it was you yeah. were really, really influential and like i remember that um cd cover mount that you did with like prom queen and i'm like
2: wow
1: like, yeah this is yeah and i was like yeah that i was like i can tell you how that came to be exactly um which kind of leads me into my next song but so here i am working for music mags for years you know you're going to a lot of album launches people want to give you cds you go into shows you know pr people want to talk to you blah, blah. it all becomes work you know yeah like yeah. it doesn't take the joy out of it but like everyone's kind of angling for get something from you and during that time when recovery folded and i wasn't working it's like yeah you find out who your real friends yeah are. like the who, phone who doesn't who, ring as much who's talking to you at a show when yeah. you sort of get a sense of of that seeing even the pr companies because some of them like the publicists you know, um, there was one girl in particular, Brooke and, remember. Um, you know, she, um, and, you know, and actually there's a few, I mean, I won't, don't need to name them all, but you know, the ones that kept in touch with me and still invited me to shows, even though I wasn't the editor and like, yeah. well, like, I think you will still like this album and kept me across stuff, which was, you know, win for them because, oh, look, I turned up editor of a new magazine, yeah. but I don't think they did it for that reason, you know. Yeah, there wasn't that, a long
0: game to it, it was just they were yeah, nice
1: people. Yeah, totally. So, um... Yeah, so anyway then I I don't I don't know how this came to be, but I I became interested in hardcore. Yep. You know, and maybe I was yeah, I was living with Matt Berger at the time. Oh yeah, yeah, in um Redfern. In Redfern. Yep. Um, you know, so I started going to those shows and it was just so fucking refreshing can i swear yeah
0: uh, dude dude (laughs) cock shit balls whatever emos like
1: like work work (laughs) podcasts like do they be deleted um yeah you know and it was just it was just yeah it was just amazing and you know bands weren't playing because they were hoping to get on the cover of a magazine and they weren't angling for the next you know deal or anything like that there was no commercial when they there's probably still not much commercial viability to hardcore music, a lot more now yeah. than there was pre-Parkway Drive. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, um, so it was great. You know, it was just totally different, fun. I don't know, it was just like a not work thing for me and I just got so drawn into to that world and, you know, the people that I met, the, you know, friends with so many of them still now um and it was music that you know i've never been one for listening to hardcore at home like for me it was all about the live shows and the experience like it's just um, which i
0: think is a big thing of that is i'm gonna say we're talking you know early 2000s yep a big thing for that is that a lot of bands struggle to get there like the 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 cd or the music was just like something to keep you tied until you went and saw them like, it was, the album was mm. never a good representation of them live. Yeah. It was just like, hey, here's what you can listen to while you're not coming to see us. Yes. <laughs> just to keep us, like, keep us in the front of your mind and yeah. then come and see us kind of thing, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so this is my next yeah. song, yeah, yeah, yeah. which has to be an irrelevant song. Relos. <laughs> and... Um, Hard choice, but I'm gonna go with afterwards. Fuck
0: yeah! So why this? Was this on like yeah? Wh- what about this? Does this? Well,
1: they were definitely just a standout favorite band for me from that era and that time. Yeah. I mean, they're 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 amazing, and I love them. And um, EP
0: is a game changer.
1: Yeah, not on Spotify. Like still, how is it not?
0: Yeah, we could talk about that one off there. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: Maybe delete that. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Before we listen to the song, you were saying about the CD... What did you call the CDs that come with the albums? The, the um, magazines?
1: Oh, the cover mount.
0: So, I've always thought that they were really uncredited. Like, it was an uncredited... Or not uncredited, but, like, people would just kind of assume that magazines would come with CDs every once in a while. But, like, they were a really good way... Well, like, obviously the internet was around... But there weren't sites to kind of promote music, mm. so like it was another way to kind of get like another way to have a free comp thrown in your face, where like you'd, it would be like one curated by Graham or or Graham from Resist or like Jai Belopar like would cu- curate this CD and just go, hey, well like a relevance on that, and there he's thirteen other songs that some you may have heard of because they're on Resist or. I remember hearing Give Up The Ghost for the first time from one of those CDs and going, what the fuck is this? <laughs> like, I had not, they were yeah. not on my radar. And I remember getting the CD going, like, going and going, hey, there's that Give Up The Ghost band and I need everything you've got. <laughs> like, and he's like, yeah. oh, well, they used to be called American. I was like, that's cool. Just give it to me. <laughs> like, that's cool. Yeah. yeah. And so that was so, and like, you know, it was a weird time because, not long after that there was heaps of file sharing and all that kind of shit. Yeah. But it was just in this sweet spot where it was just like, you know what? For nine bucks, eight bucks, what was it what was a magazine? Like seven ninety five or eight ninety five or something? You got a really cool magazine. Mm. And a free fucking CD. I thought it was I always thought it was fantastic. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So. yeah, and like I think so many of them that other mags had done, like they would let the label do it and it would be like universal and they can choose whatever bands and it'd be a really weird mix of yeah. they just put universal be no acts on there yeah. where we at least I mean, again, because I'm so busy, I'm like, "Great, do you want to do that? Good, you do that. You yeah, know, great. Yeah. Next needs to be get, done by this date. Yeah, you know? get all
0: the clearance for all the music and let's do it. Yeah, yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. You know, and then I wouldn't think about it again until it was, you know, printed on the cover of the magazine. Yeah. Um, although funnily enough, we so this is before digital, um, production as well. So the magazine would come back from like for the, we had pre-press was downstairs, so they you know have massive printouts that you're looking at everything before it goes to press. And so Matt Reakey worked in pre-press. So I used to go down to look at the, um, um, you know, the... (laughs) <laughs> whatever the word is I'm losing my mind you know to sub everything and check everything was right and yep. he would always be like having a go at me about like why are you doing this why you, you should have this ban on there or this story is rubbish or this and he always had an opinion on things and I was like well you write the bloody column then yeah. or you write the article you know great sounds good do it and then that's he started writing a lot more for us and um, yeah, Matt Ricky right. okay. went on to become the editor um, later on, and you know many people are friends of his, and yeah he's got a you know another scene that he's done for a long time, unbelievably bad um yep. but anyway I, I met Matt through him being his opinionated um so he he self. wasn't
0: he wasn't really doing any no. writing at all
1: no no he was just worked he just worked downstairs and And told me what i should and should be doing literally put
0: his money where his mouth was and goes i can fucking do this yeah yeah so good and
1: i'm a big fan of that i'm like great you think we can do it better or differently
0: yeah prove it do
1: it you know um and you know that's something that i do with my business too when i remember reading it was like a richard branson quote or something which was like you know the most powerful thing that you can say to the people you work with is i don't know what do you think yeah. You know, and I do it all the time. Like, I don't think you have to have an answer as a boss. And, um, you know, I think it's good to be like, cool, have a crack at it. You want to do it? Great. Good idea. You do it. Sick. Um, but that's, you know, I'd just rather delegate as well. Um, yeah, so where Relo's. are we?
0: Relo's afterwards, let's listen. I'm a fan of the band before I joined the band. I'll get that clear. <laughs> but like I couldn't pick... It'd be hard for me to pick a song from that EP.
2: Mm.
0: Anything particular about the song or it was just like... It was just the one, you know. Oh,
1: yeah, I just love it. Yeah. It's just the standout it's, for yeah. me. What would you choose?
0: I, like, I, <laughs> Too hard. Part of me would say like I'd go untitled mm. because it's such a... it's. But then it doesn't... Like, it's such a good song. But then it doesn't represent anything anything else on the album. So, like, quick, like, 35-second yeah. song blast in. Fuck. And, but also, I'm really bad at names. Like, when I look at a set list, especially with that being... I look at a set list and go... Someone play the quick, just the first. Oh, okay. That's yeah. good to know. So, yeah. it's not just me. No, I'm really... Yeah, I'm, I'm, like, great with members and info and stuff. Yeah. But really bad with song titles and yes. lyrics. Yeah. So I posted something it's good on. Good
1: that you sing in bands.
0: Well, that's that's fantastic. <laughs> I, I fake that. I fake that. But like I posted something on um, Instagram on, on the relevant Facebook page just recently. Um, there was a long running joke that um a relevant a relevant played a show one night, and someone down the front was yelling out, "Play the toothbrush song, play the toothbrush song," because there's <laughs> a line in one of the songs yeah. that like, "You you have my heart and half my toothbrush." And so I posted this video and said, like, play the Toothbrush song, but it wasn't actually the same song as what I... Those lyrics weren't from that song, if that makes sense. That's how fucking bad I am with lyrics. <laughs> so it's... Um... And someone called me out someone I was like, yeah, d- that's not the right song, dude. I was like, oh, oh, we'll, we'll just leave that. Yeah. So, so don't let me run your social media account is what I'm getting at.
1: Yeah. I won't be hiring you then, no, Joel. Yeah,
0: I'm, I'm... There's my job interview done and dusted. Yeah.
1: Um, okay, well... Sick. So? So, moving along...
0: You left Blunt?
1: Um, yeah, so... I decided that the internet was going to take over print publishing probably a little bit before it started.
0: Did you... Was that a, um... Were you looked at... Do you think you looked upon as like a a chicken little, like the sky's falling? Or were there other people saying that as well?
1: No, well, so what happened was, um... One of the parts of the magazine that I always really loved is um, we we had this um, section called I Want New Friends. Okay. Um, so it was like a pen pal thing. Right. You could okay. write yeah, in. Right. Um, Favorite it bands. It might have been called like I Want New Friends in recovery. At, but anyway, we had various versions of it with, with the things. Yeah, it was great. It was like, oh, I like these bands. I live in, you know, yeah. fr- freaking middle of nowhere, like you know, and they just want to write to someone else and have a friend that is into similar music because they live in Dubbo or something, you know. And there's
0: there's no one out there that's into that. Yeah. Yeah,
1: and like they had to send it to... To us, and actually, that was one of the first things I remember doing at my first job at recovery. Like, there was just this box of letters, and I was like, "These poor children! Like, they're literally writing to like, I want new friends. Someone save me! We have to like match these people up, and you know, I got all you know all, all organized and sorted it out and had it all categorized. Oh, because that's and, yeah, you know, that's a thing you'd have to. Yeah, we had because they didn't put their details. They didn't put they their details. It had to go via you fuck. Yeah, and it was like a box of beautiful letters and p- kids were sending, you know, posters and stickers to each other. But like the, you know, it was like, I just looked at this box and I was like, oh my God, I've got to, I've got to fix this. So anyway, wh- where I'm going with this is people got email addresses, Joel. Yeah. Like yep. that was the thing. That was the thing that happened and people got email addresses and then they could email each other. But you know what? Bands got email addresses and MySpace yeah. came came around Um, And I just started thinking, wow, there's – hang on, like people are waiting six weeks for a magazine to come out. Like realistically, by the time we do the interview yep. and get it sorted, oh, like, yeah. we might do the, the interview weeks past. before. Yeah, um, Even trying to match up with like tours. You'd be doing a thing in June, but you've going to publish the story in September when they're coming out or just before yeah. to promote the tour. So like the lead time was months and months and months. And I'm like, this is really frustrating when you're, so much of your content revolves around album releases and tours. It's yeah. all date driven. You know, but now we have emails and we have bands. So um, occasionally I would get, like, say, Lindsay from Frenzel or someone to, like, respond to people's letters or things in the yeah. magazine. And I just started thinking, hey, there's just... there's This is an opportunity because we can match bands and fans and everything, like, quickly. We'd just get rid of the whole magazine, bit in the middle, which is the entire thing that we're doing, yeah. and just get people together. So... And I started uh, Australian street teams. Oh, yes, Um, yes, yes. So that was another business that I did. Well, it was probably like my first business. It's a zine. Yep. I don't know if the zine counts, making seven. dollars Well, with that spreadsheet you
0: talked about, <laughs> no, it definitely was a business. Whether <laughs> it was financial it was a different story, but it was a business.
1: Yeah. So, okay. Well, I guess this was, you know.
0: The m- first proper one. Bu-
1: business number two or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I had a blast doing that and I ended up doing it for like six years or something. Like with, you know, other jobs and bits and pieces in between. And like I did a bit of tour managing with Frenzel and. Taking sides. Taking sides and uh, it's a stronger than hate tour in New Zealand. Oh,
0: you yeah. went to that, did you?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Infamous.
0: Oh, okay. Yes. 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 Okay.
1: <laughs> but um, yeah. So I did other bits and pieces, but the street teams was really fun because we just stuck to music that we liked. So we were just working with like you know, Fat Wreck and Epitaph and yep. um, just heaps of cool bands. Um, you know, um, you know. After the fall and Gyroscope and all and just just good music that we liked yeah. and um I do partially feel responsible for the end of like in you know, how Triple J did the Saturday night countdowns like the hottest one hundred or whatever it used to be I've forgotten what it was called but it was like or maybe it was top fifty or something but they did a thing where you could vote and they when they would play the songs on Saturday night Triple J
0: did yes okay I've got no idea I've what that is.
1: I've forgotten now what it was called, but um, there was one week where I think seven out of the ten bands that made it into the top ten were bands we were, that you were working pushing. with. pushing. Well done. And, you know, we weren't encouraging anyone to, like, do anything they weren't supposed yeah. to. We were just encouraging them to vote. We were just, like, mobilising people to vote. Yeah. Um, and they like, were.
0: Like what bands do now with Hottest 100.
1: Like, yeah, like what bands do now. Yeah, it can't have been 100. It must have been top i don't know how many songs it was um although (laughs) there was one funny time where i was living in brisbane with wade and kiss from the scare yep and i did email everyone on (laughs) the street team and say and said if you get the scare into the top 10 wade and kiss said that they'll wash the dishes for the rest of the year that's (laughs) awesome and we sat around and we were like like come on come on you know and it came in at number 11.
2: Oh tragedy.
1: <laughs> it was just so cruel. Those, those kids tried for me though they yeah. tried yeah they tried their best. You had the
0: troops yeah.
1: Um, And you know I think I'd always sort of you know had a I was gonna say good relationship with readers but you know I'd always you know like i had built rapport with them so i think taking that sort of personality and writing over to the street team stuff and yeah you know then it was just great just getting bands. i mean you know you're getting emails directly from you know people like Lindsay who writes a fantastic email he's such a good writer yeah. um so yeah it was just really cool and i remember um we did we did a me first um street team and um yeah like fat mike was like that did like 40 percent better than the last album wow. that we sold in australia or something like thank you and then yeah we want to give you like you know a heap of other bands and stuff so it was yeah, really cool like i was like fat mike emailed me yeah. like that's yeah. pretty great yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: i would if i like i would still have that if fat mike emailed me i would keep that email wherever i went i would just like forward it to my <laughs> next email address so i'd always have it
1: yeah i've <laughs> probably got it somewhere um but yeah, so did the street teams and um we can jump into the next song. Yeah, go for it. Yeah. And this is another band that's probably my second favorite band ever, so they obviously had to get a look in, and that's Propagandy.
0: Wow, well, okay. That's that and makes complete sense, but it wasn't either of the two bands <laughs> I was thinking of. Oh, so go on. Um and
1: this was this was well, it was it was hard to choose. There's two songs that I was really torn between choosing. Yeah. Um, and I'm just putting myself on the spot now to decide. Tell us what they are.
0: Tell us what they are.
1: Okay. Um, so, Nation States. Yep. Nation States is definitely a favourite. Yeah. Um, and then State Lottery.
0: So, why Nation State?
1: Nation States, I is mean... It-
0: yeah, sorry, the, go on. The
1: lyrics of all propaganda songs are just yeah. incredible else, on their yeah. own, you know. But um, there's so many parts of Nation States that I love and I think... Um, that.
0: So that, I remember, you know, I'm going to hazard a guess that the first time you heard that was probably on Fat 2.
1: Probably, yeah. The yep.
0: Survival of the Fattest. That sticks out like... Re- like, you hear all the songs and it's a great comp and, you know... and There's nothing more I can add to that conversation about that comp as being really, really important to a lot of people and to a sound and to a time. But then you hear that song and you just go, these guys are on some other trip. Like they're all on the same kind of... They're all obviously under the same umbrella, but these guys are on something completely different. And you can hear like just from that one song... Take the rest of the... Like, you know, the, every other every every song and every album is fantastic that they've ever done. Mm. But, like, if you just hear that versus everything in the else that was out at the time, you just go, what the fuck were these... Like, this is something special.
1: And, um, you know, like, you look at the stuff that they're singing about, you know, they're very political. I am have always been very political, and I think a lot of... To me, a lot of pop punk wasn't political. Like, I was all. trying to make a stance, but I was making a stance against nothing. You know, when he was this band that were, you know, vegan and feminist and into animal rights and singing about, like, you know, heteronormative standards back then, you know. So, you know, I you know, like I'm a, I'm a feminist, I've been a feminist, you know, since I knew what a feminist was, which is probably when I was 15 or something, so it's like 25 years and, you know, I was having a discussion with someone the other day on Facebook and it's like it was around International Women's Day and I'm like I'm just so exhausted of having these conversations yeah. because I was having them 25 years ago. 25 years ago, you mm. know what I mean? I was listening to bands that were singing about this sort of stuff, yeah. you know, and it's like like it's a new... Discourse for a lot of people now, but it's not new. It's for definitely, a yeah, lot it's, of definitely women. <laughs>
0: it's yeah for like the the global zeitgeist, whatever. Yeah. it's definitely in the forefront. Yes, yeah. But that doesn't mean it's a new thing.
1: No, no, and it's not. Like, yeah, it's yeah. new to a lot of being brought to the attention of a lot of other pe- of a lot of people. But you know, a lot of people have you know lived in, lived experiences, women and, and and feminists. That's now you know been going on for a long time but um the the other state i mean that the line in nation states you know you can tell by the smile and the ceo the environmental restraints have got to 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 go go. i mean so i was thinking about this recently because my company has become a b corp and i won't go into too much detail but b corps are companies that uh, believe in using business as a force for good so it's like a certification program a bit like fair trade coffee so you have to go through this really rigorous process to show that you care about the environment your community the people that work for you and i was talking to another b corp and they were telling me about like their purpose journey like he was saying like you know this is how i came to believe that businesses should have purpose and he said what, what about you what's your purpose journey and for some reason like this line just came into the my yeah. head do you know what i mean like yeah. i was like i've you know it, it's so perfect you know um and, and i wanted just to say oh my purpose journey is that i listen to punk rock yeah. like you know specifically <laughs>
0: like, propaganda <laughs>
1: specifically propaganda and you You know, my ethos is really aligned with doing the right thing by the right people, uh, by – you know, by not the right people, by people – and um yeah, there's this other great business book that I love, which is called A Lapsed Anarchist's Guide to Building a Better Business. Okay. And it's all about like what he learned from Anarchy that he took into to running a business is a really cool book. But anyway, so that's my that's why I choose Nation States, which sounds like a really good reason and maybe we should just go with that. Let's
0: but let's quickly delve into State Lottery.
1: Okay. Well State Lottery I feel like is a really perfect song for now for the time.
0: And not like Sorry, I I didn't mean to cut you off. Yeah, keep going.
1: Well, I mean, I think, you know globally looking at our political leaders and, and just at this time that we're doing this interview is around the, the yep. Christchurch massacre and looking at how amazing Jacinda Arden's been as as a leader. And I just love that, you know, the the, the sentiment in state lottery, you know, shouldn't they feel terror at the task that lies yeah. ahead to feed and clothe the people, the system left for dead? And, and, and leaders should, you know, leaders should feel full of fear at what they have to do. Yeah. And, you know, I think she's really just done such an amazing job and showed the world what what a leader can be. Should
0: be, yeah. Um,
1: and um, so that's really inspiring, you know, like she's 38. She's, you know, it's she's just, yeah, so I feel like State Lottery is a really apt kind of song for the political climate at the moment. But to that point as well, I think what um, I really am finding interesting about business and this whole B Corp movement is that I think businesses have – more power to change the world now than governments do and that probably has been the case for a long time in the sense that companies have had a lot of power for a long time but i don't know how many of them were using it as a force for good and i really like the idea of this sort of movement growing and um changing things because you know maybe maybe we can't rely on governments alone to to do the right to make it happen Yeah. yeah
0: so that's i mean look again all their albums there's hundreds of moments where you can point to them as being a way ahead of the curve, but like the album came out and let's call it 96, maybe 97, you know, that kind of, that, that yeah. kind of era. All the other albums that were coming out at that kind of time at that level, like on, and you know, you know me, I, I'm a die in the wall, EpiFact kid I'll <laughs> always be that kind of person. But like they were saying shit that, wasn't on anybody else's radars of that ilk, if that makes sense. Like totally.
1: And I remember, like you know, reading reading the you know yeah.
0: all, the, all the stuff that came with there. But like, but
1: like a whole song gave me reason to you know to think about each song. Like yeah. know, each song was like having an interesting discussion with someone that was blowing your mind around stuff. And for me, a lot of that stuff was you know validating it was like yeah you know like it was yeah validating my own beliefs around the way the world should work and i think when you're a teenager and you're questioning well you know yeah i don't want to work to nine to five till i die and like why is stuff the way that it is and you know i i was vegetarian so i was interested in animal rights and things like that you know um well, I am still vegetarian, yeah. <laughs> but I had become vegetarian. I guess is what I'm saying. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah, like just yeah, re- reading reading their lyrics on the little CD yeah. slip. But
0: uh, you know that song, you can you can drag that song out every every election, where no yeah. matter where like and you know to say every election because it's a song that refers to newly elected mm. leaders or whatever obviously the, but like it's it's so perfect that it's you it can't be you can't pin it down to that ear. like you, you know you can say oh, okay, yeah, that's it's what the state yeah. yeah it wasn't yeah, about absolutely yeah. like and there weren't people weren't oh, I shouldn't say people weren't but like a lot of bands weren't kind of even touching that stuff no and it take it took a band, like propaganda to make a lot of people just go oh yeah like
1: well, I think they're really there smart is, guys, and yeah. I think you know they're 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 intellectual and well read and well versed on things, and they they brought that intelligence to the music. And I guess that's you know something and, that I really and they were
0: enjoyed mid twenties or yeah. whatever, like yeah, what the fuck, like yeah, I just I just look back and just go, not many people are that f- f- like that so far ahead of the game mm. when they're in their mid twenties. People don't think like that in their forties or fifties. Yeah. Like they just were on some trip, and yeah. it was just fantastic. So yeah. we could talk about propaganda forever. I, you know, I'm we could. I'm a fan. Yeah. So hey, you know what? Let's just listen to both. Fuck it, because <laughs> because people deserve to hear both, and people if they haven't heard both, need to hear both.
1: Absolutely, very important so, songs. Let's Thank it. you, Joel. See you.
2: Privately profitable, the anthem of the upper chip, but but your untouchable focus a moment, not in approval, bury our heads in the bargains of these neo colonials.
0: Aspects for authentic democracy depend on something else. They depend on how the people and the rich and the privileged societies learn some other lessons. For example, the lessons that are being taught right now by Mayans in Chiapas, Mexico. They're among the most impoverished and oppressed sectors in the continent. But unlike us, they retain a vibrant tradition of liberty and democracy, a tradition that we've allowed to slip out of our hands or simply be stolen from us. Uh, and unless people in the rich here in other rich and privileged societies, unless they can recapture and revitalize that tradition, of the prospects for democracy are indeed few.
2: Does it seem strange to you? It's a the Balloon my white The victory dancing welcome in the air to a state of disrepair. It sure seems strange to me. They're acting like they won the lottery they feel terror The task that lies ahead Defeated out the people The system's left for dead And could I have Hit the nail much harder on the head It's promised people for lives They are motivated by greed First they taught us to depend On their nation states to mend Our tired minds Our broken bones Our bleeding limbs And now they've sold off all the splits And contracted out the tourniquets jump through, then we might just survive, this is what we deserve, to start the palace wars, to fight amongst ourselves, as we scramble for the clump, they spit out, ruffling at the mouth about the stigma that they chose in for us, with every reason.
0: couldn't not you couldn't not, <coughs>
1: you, couldn't not. <laughs> like,
0: you can't not yeah so amazing
1: so. amazing such good songs Come just the lyrics just
0: cracking and like highly recommend i'm not a lyric guy i i'm bad said, with lyrics yeah. yeah but like you should just sit down and have a look yeah you know you you the greater you the the royal you you the listener if you haven't already just
1: I remember once sending in. the lyrics to someone just like, how cool is this or whatever, and they were like, wait, is is this a song? Yeah. You know, because I was just sending them the lyrics because the lyrics were just amazing as writing, as a piece yeah, of as, writing. as
2: writing goes, and yeah. And people
1: were like, wait, it's a song. And I'm yeah. like, yeah, yeah, and it's a good song. Yeah. <laughs> it's not and even the, just a song. And it's and freaking like amazing.
0: The dude who writes it plays the fuck out of a guitar while singing it. Yeah, it's like it's out of hand. Amazing.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So street teams.
1: Yeah, so street teams, and then I went on to work on Big Brother. Um, oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> right. Like re- really weird. I'm not a reality TV so person. So you're because you're
0: up in Brisbane.
1: I'm up in Brisbane. Yeah, we're in there? Um, just want so to get the fuck
0: out of Sydney. Or? No,
1: well, I was with Dave, and he joined against. <gasps> that's right. Yeah. So okay, we yeah, moved yeah. up, but also I was doing the street team, so I could live anywhere, so it didn't matter to me. So. Your house in
0: Brisbane was fantastic.
1: yeah it's many 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 fun times there lots of bands were staying and you know like wade lived with us and then somehow kiss from the scare came and never left so he sort of lived with us um which was pretty funny i remember one time um i could just smell that they were home from tour
0: good yeah i
1: was just like wow and i think he was just sleeping in his underwear, and I just went and like picked his jeans up off the floor and like just threw them out into the backyard and just like Wh- hosed them off yeah. and left them there. Actually, Wh- it probably wasn't his. I don't think there was there was underwear under these jeans, but um, yes. Anyway, lots of bands and um, yeah, really good good memories of living in Brizzy. Um, so then yes, so Big Brother was based at Dreamworld, so I got a job there, and it was. Crazy, cool production to work on, terrible show, but it's like 11 full-time people on a website, which is really big, and we were moderating the live stream to handsets and doing the forums and um, handsets, like mobiles is what I'm saying.
0: Oh, that's what you mean. Okay, right. So what technology was back there that that was getting...
1: So people could pay in live stream. like Jesus. They were paying for like a premium service. So it'd be funny because we'd be moderating and we'd be like, oh, great, they're talking about how their neighbours a drug dealer. Like, let's switch yeah, to the other camera. Let's... Oh, great, they're like nude or something. Are
0: we Now, we can edit this out, but you were there for a very, a very, uh, what's the word I'm after? Controversial. controversial. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, controversial moment. <laughs> but you weren't there there. It wasn't my shift. Yeah, it was It could your have been shift. my shift. Yeah. it
1: was my friend Danny's shift.
0: Yeah, right. So, so part of part of your role was just sitting there watching the mundaneness of what they were doing, and then telling what what goes out.
1: Yeah, so we could actually control what went to handsets, <laughs> and we had a thirty second delay. So I'd have to remember, oh, the bit where Joel took his hand to his forehead is when he said motherfucker and I have to remember like because I don't want to cut the whole thing out so I'm watching and I've got to like cut the stream. So they stream sense it's wearing? Or beep or pause or change um, uh, uh, during the different times so or depending on okay. what times we had different rules. But on top of doing that we'd also be like moderating the forums and doing stuff on the website and so there's like a million things going on all at once. Um, I remember <laughs> there was during... During, like, before before a certain time at night, like 7 or 8 p.m. in the shower scenes, you couldn't show a guy with an erection. So we were, like, joking, like, me and the girls in the office, we're like, well, what point is an erection? Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah,
0: it's fair enough, yeah. We're
1: like, you know, like, is there an angle involved or, like...
0: It's (laughs) such a fucking (laughs) weird concept and and I don't understand how it ever got... I mean, it was massive. The show was massive. Yeah, yeah,
1: and look, I think back then, still, it was probably still reasonably authentic. But then, in the years to came, it was you know yeah. full of people wanting to build a career off yeah, reality who, TV. Yeah. But back then, I don't think like there was a, maybe a little bit of that going on, but not so much. So, but um, yeah,
0: people like back when it first kind of started, like two thousand one or whatever year it was. Yeah, there wasn't that cult of personality like a.
1: No, well, we didn't have the, yeah, like... That the
0: infrastructure to support...
1: Yeah, that fake celebrity. Yeah, Like, celebrities built off the back of doing nothing. Sort like of thing. A we didn't Paris have Hilton
0: or, yeah, insert name here, yeah. Yeah,
1: like maybe you get it on radio or something, yeah. you know. But, um, yeah, so the incident that you're talking about did happen, Um, but it was interesting. So we would walk from our little office block. We were supposed to ring the control room, which is where they have all the TV screens, and that's where they do all the actual, like filming like all the camera yep. stuff's happening over there and we would say hey we're handing over to you and then we would walk over and we had to walk through the like um the stadium you know where they do the evictions oh yeah, yeah, We'd yeah just yeah. like walk around to that that other building and we just had to go in and just do something to like a video recorder because that was our delay our delay was actually just a video recorder feeding it back to us or something so it's like we just had to press a button on a dvd yep. player and we would go home at 4 a.m that was the end of our shift um and on this one night (laughs) sorry danny but she i think didn't ring the control tower i mean usually they're asleep everyone's asleep like everyone's been asleep now for like two or three hours on your shift if you're doing a night shift like hopefully
0: do you mean the people working or the people on the show or
1: the people on the show okay so there's you don't have to be too worried about what's happening and so in the time that she left (laughs) our building walked the two to three minutes over to the other control tower where she will control room where she was just going to say hey guys over to you now that's when the incident happened which was two of the housemates going in and tea bagging this girl like yeah yeah um and anyway this blew up massive incident she obviously wasn't happy about what had happened to her and went in to speak to big brother about it anyway it blew up in the media and everyone thought it was like the staged like publicity stunt, but I mean, it could not have been the worst timing. It was, it was like in the, the, the two to three minute walk between one person being in control of the feed and the other person being in That's control insane. of the feed. Like it's just, it's just weird. It's yeah, very yeah. weird. So um, yeah, learn a little bit about moderation that night.
0: Yeah. I can <laughs> imagine. And the repercussions. <laughs> did they change? Did they like, the second that happened, did they change, um, yeah,
1: protocol? They, yeah, 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 they changed, yeah. But I think we went to a five-minute delay for a while, which was even harder to moderate. But, yeah, they'd made changes and, um... I think we'd been able to go home if they were asleep too, but then there was none of that. There was, yeah, staying till four, and um, yeah, they changed stuff. So, anyway, so it was interesting. And then off the back of Big Brother, I rolled on to doing a, um, a job in Sydney at Fairfax Digital, which is a parenting website. Um,
0: oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and
1: that's a quarter of a million users, so a huge, like Big Brother as well. So we're talking like mass mass audiences, um, which was just yeah bit of a change but really interesting um and it was during my time there that um actually a lot of the work we were doing was you know or lots of the conversations I could see was so helpful to women because they'd be women either they're in living in rural or regional areas or their husbands are away for work or they're women with kids that have special needs or they have late-term neonatal loss or complicated pregnancies or there's domestic violence or you know so it's all really um I mean there was lots of just everyday chatter but the stuff that really stood out to me was like wow this is really impactful for for these women it's really helpful in changing their lives yeah um and that sort of led me lots of people were beginning to ask me about online communities and I decided to go out on my own and start my own business um at the time I had a toddler and a 3 week old baby um and just went yep I'm I'm just going to... Is that
0: the timeline?
1: Yeah. Wow. Yeah, Yeah, Ari was three weeks old and um, I've actually still got a copy of like the tweet that I sent which was just like launching my business and then 10 days later, um, JWT, the ad agency, called and they said, do you guys do 24-7 moderation? Yeah. And I said, yes, we do. Of
0: course we do. (laughs) Why wouldn't we?
1: (laughs) They said have we called you at an okay time? And I'm like, yep, yep. I'm just stepped out of the office. I'm out in the front of my house. I've got my toddler in the car. I've got my baby like in the little capsule, three weeks old. Um, I grab like a Tim Tam and I throw it into my toddler and he's just eating it. it's like melted Good. all over his face. He's never had a Tim Tam, but I'm just like, this yep. has to, you're having a Tim Tam <laughs> now.
0: Like, <laughs> Mama needs
2: five.
1: <laughs> now this is happening, yeah. you know? And I said, oh, can you tell me who the client is? And they said, oh no, I'm sorry. We can't tell you. Just send through your rates. We'll get back to you tomorrow. I hadn't even made rates up at the time rung dad and he was just like double whatever you're thinking and <laughs> that's so good Jeez. <laughs> and, and, um, and i sent them through the the rates which was just you know i should frame it because it's just like a one-page microsoft word document it was terrible and um they rung back the next day and they said it's all been approved by the client the client's the australian federal government and the campaign starts on sunday at 9 a.m wow. and it was friday afternoon and, <laughs> and it's just you it's just me at this stage, <laughs> and then so I go and hire like ten people, and you know what? It's this—it's so similar to the start of Blunt. You know yeah. what I mean? It was like you—you you have less than forty-eight hours to assemble a team to run a six-week, twenty-four-seven operation, and it was around a campaign around reducing domestic violence. So it was around getting young kids to talk about. Um, boundaries and respectful relationships.
0: On what platform was
1: this? On Facebook. Okay, yeah. So, in the beginning, when Facebook engagement was just, you know, off the charts, like if people engaged, it got visibility, and, you know, so we'd have hundreds and hundreds of comments on really interesting discussions because we're talking about like harassment and privacy and sex and dating and relationships and bullying and everything. Um, and then we ended up having that campaign f- um, for four four years. We had that client. Wow. So, the first four years of business.
0: Well, you weren't locked in for four years, but you just they were just impressed.
1: Well, we did the first six weeks and then I think they did sign a one-year or okay. maybe... Yeah, and at one point, there was a three-year yep. contract and things. So, it was super lucky because not many businesses get to start like that. Yeah. And it was like, oh. I think whatever I'd wanted to make in a year, we made in six weeks and... Um, I hired a heap of people. One of them, Loren Pirro, who's a another hardcore music fan. That you know, don't know if she's a listener, but I hired Fingers her, crossed. and she's What's still up? with me. Awesome. So she's been with me for nine years. Um, yeah and then so a lot of um what we do with social media management for for brands but we really work a lot in the nonprofit space so we would work with like movember on a suicide prevention campaign getting men to discuss mental health or you know we would work with um yeah we're working with um yeah lots of other government clients on behavioral change you know things that have that drive positive impacts so it might be a sexual health campaign for for young people getting them to you know Uh, improve their understanding around sexual health or we work on a gambling harm um project with the victorian government um and another one on getting women into everyday sports we've done domestic violence um and then we work with like sane and reach out and stuff like that so in all of that um yeah that's part of our b corp sort of thing is how can we use social media to drive positive change so that's, I guess, where all my sort of like punk and music ethos comes yeah. into the way that we run the business too. In so. a practical sense. Yeah, and, you know, we just try to be a really great place to work. Like people um, can work wherever they want. They can work whenever they want. They don't have, apart from shifts, which are set times, if you're doing work that's not a shift, I don't care when you do it. Like there's yeah. no, there is no nine to five. Yeah. Um, you don't have to tell me, oh, but I'm going to the gym and I'm going to, I um, don't care. Don't yeah. care, just do the work. Just get it done. If it's two AM, don't I was, care.
0: I was talking to someone recently, like as in the last week or so, about how cool it is how cool it would be to work for you if you're at a certain particular age, that age being not tied down to having a family or whatever. Where like I'm sure you've had you've had staff, Australian staff, who've worked who've been overseas and worked. And they'll take what would be considered the graveyard shift in Australia Mm. because over there it's, you know, 2 to 8 p.m. or whatever.
1: Yeah, well, you know, we had one guy that lived in 20 countries in 20 months. Fuck. Fuck. So he worked part-time and he would just live in a country for a month and then I would be like, ni hao, and he'd be like, oh, I'm in
2: Japan now, and I'd be
1: (laughs) like, damn you. You Um, So, yeah, and he travelled everywhere. Like he was, you know, and it was funny actually because one, we were working with uh, Telstra at the time or Census and... um, I was talking to him on the phone, and they said, "Oh, um, someone from the office said they saw Seb in Mexico, and Seb was my guy that worked on their account." And they're like, "Is is he is he in Mexico?" And I'm like, um, and I'm just chat to him online. I'm like, "Are you in Mexico?" And he's like, "No, I was. I'm in Costa Rica now." <laughs> and I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, he was. He was in Mexico, but yeah, he's in he's in Costa Rica now." And like, there's this is pause, and I'm thinking, "Shit, does the client know where, like?" Yeah. That we're remote and that Seb's overseas there's this like long pause and he goes well you know you're really lucky he's overseas because if he was here we would totally poach him from you
0: awesome
1: <laughs> <That's> <laughs> and all. I just message him and I'm like just don't come back
0: yeah yeah stay <laughs> stay wherever you need to keep on going yeah um don't answer any 6-1 <laughs> whatever Australia's thing is yeah <laughs>
1: So, yeah, so I mean, I thought more clients would have an issue with it. But, yeah, so everyone works remotely and, you know, for me, I wanted that freedom and flexibility um, since I had small children. Um, and I was like, well, I'm not going to make an office that I have to go to. I don't want to have to go to an office. So why would I make one for other people to go to? So we yeah. never had an office. Um, you know, we've been around for nine years now and, like, you know, we work with some really massive clients and, um, you know, they've you know occasionally they want to either come to my office or want us to go and work from their office and we just say we don't do that and um we've you know we've bent the rules a few times but yeah so um yeah it is good for people traveling but you know it's good for people that have kids or that lots of people have side projects one of our girls lani is a musician she's been in berlin for years so she's always like recording and playing shows and things and um Dan, who works for us, um, he's in Melbourne. He's an audio engineer, so he's always away on tour. You might know Strong. Dan Stork.
0: Stork, sorry. Stork? Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Hi, Dan. Um, so, yeah, we have to work around these tours. It's a little bit difficult sometimes, but, you know, um, we make it work because we really like it when, you know, we accept that people's – that the work is not people's life, you know. Yeah. Like these people that run companies and are like, we're family. It's like, we're not family. No. They've got their own family, do you know what I mean? And they want to spend time with them, like, you know, and then that's okay. So, um, yeah, so most people that work for us work part-time because, you know, they've got other things going on plus our workload fluctuates a lot. So, it's kind of cool if they've got other stuff going on. Um, And then one of the cool things that we do is when we ask, we ask people each year what they want to achieve in their professional life but we also ask what do you want to achieve in your personal life? So, you know, they might say I want to buy a house or learn a language or travel overseas or whatever it is and then we just check in with them throughout the year and say, how's that going? Do you need to talk to a mortgage broker or did you sign up for that course or how's the flights to Italy looking or whatever? Because they're really small things and I think, you know, but they make such a difference to to people's lives if they yeah. feel like they they're getting the things that they want done in their life you yeah. know and then we can kind of all check in on each other too because someone might be like i'm trying to meditate more and someone will be like me too we also do like we all have Fitbits and we do a work week competition Challenge. yep cool Which i never win i think i've won like twice or three times you know occasionally i get in there and everyone's just like hammering me and i'm just like get back to work yeah, <laughs> and I'm like we need to give these people more ships you know this is ridiculous um but yeah so anyway I feel really grateful to yeah be able to run the business and and work with great people I kind of joke that they're all um like misfits corporate misfits and escapees you know people that have fled the nine to five and and joined me in this uh you know new future of work yeah endeavor
0: absolutely is yeah
1: yeah so it's, yeah, it's just so nice to sort of, yeah, I guess, like have a few people from that music world that get it, but also just taken what, you know, that, that that punk ethos and applied it to business. You know, I know I've had people over the years like, oh, I think it's, you know, so weird, like punks, you know, such a big part of your life being like running this, you know, like business in this sort of capitalist world or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, but I think I kind of make, make, make that work because it's all yeah. about like, I think businesses can if you use it to you know to um, if
2: they want them to be yeah, yeah they can
1: be great places for for people's lives you know i think yeah. and so we you know don't believe in growth for growth's sake we're not like we need to grow and we need yeah. we must keep doing a year year-on-year growth and we're going to acquire other companies and we don't have that kind of like ridiculous mentality mm. we're just like we talk about being like a calm company like how can we just you know like be calm and Everything doesn't have to be like ASAP crazy get it done now, where you know yep. constant meetings and whatnot. So um yeah, so it's good.
0: It's pretty amazing.
1: That's my crazy story, Joel.
0: That's not real. So <laughs> before we finish, before yes. we pick the last song. Yes. Is there anything you wanna say? Like anything you wanna spruik oh. or plug or, you know, whatever.
1: Oh gosh, I'm and sure. And you get as
0: deep or as shallow as you want, doesn't matter.
1: Um Oh, let me think. I feel like I didn't mention my, the boys at any point. I'm trying to think if I should say anything about that. You're them. more than welcome to. Just, oh, well, I don't know if they'll probably... They probably won't listen to this, though. What I was though? going to talk about Nate at one point with music he'd been listening to, but I didn't get around to it.
0: Well, okay, so that's, you know, obviously you heavily inf- heavily influenced with music with everything that you do. It's always there. And obviously their dad, Dave same story heavily influenced with what he does did they pick up music in the same with the same kind of gusto or is music a big part is music a big part on their their radar or is it just like uh, it's a thing
1: yeah no i think it is and i think that they've you know because they're both really into music and you know they're eight and eleven so i feel like that's already earlier than i was really getting into music and Dave's dad's really into music. So, you know, they listen to Queen and Neil Young and a lot of like this classic stuff from hanging out with um, with Phil, which is really cool. So um, that's definitely influenced them. And then I think Nate's just sort of found his way and will be listening to like you know nirvana or or the beastie boys or like but then he'll like listen to you know just a whole range of stuff but it's it's, yeah wow that was loud loud. background news um (laughs) yeah so it's yeah this kind of yeah just interesting um yeah and how
0: like are they you know hip-hop's a big thing at the moment like way bigger than rock is at the moment is, that, is hip-hop on their radar or like... Yeah,
1: definitely. Yeah. And, you know, Nate's really into skateboarding and somehow that's what like skateboarding world is a bit to, yeah. as well. So it's like, you know, Drake or whatever, you know, he would <laughs> stuff like that. So that's kind of, kind of strange. Um, but, you know, yeah, I've never been... I've never really pushed music on them or being listened to this i just you know like but yeah nate usually takes control of my spotify if we're in the car or something you know does
0: he add to it or does he wreck like does he add to your the algorithm or do you think he wrecks it (laughs) like
1: no well we've got spotify family but dave actually wrecks mine like listening to metal and stuff i'm like oh what have you done um so yeah yeah he sabotages it but um yeah i mean you know like i love camp cope and you know i like listening to them and they just this list like really doesn't like them so he's just like this is terrible and he'll like <laughs> change and i'll be like damn you like <laughs> my children um but yeah so yeah anyway it's interesting seeing um them find their way in yeah. the musical world absolutely you know?
0: yeah let's pick a song
1: Okay, well, my last song is from my favorite band, The Get Up Kids. I thought
0: that so that was the one I thought you were gonna say before, but yeah, yeah. I mean,
1: what go. a band! And Dude. I just feel like you know, I still listen to them. Like so much of what I listen to, um, I don't listen to anymore. Like yeah. very rarely, you know, apart from when I go to an old music for old people yep. s- show sure. and. Sure. Yeah. reminisce and feel great um yeah but get up kids i do still listen to and i love so this was i mean you could just so many songs you could pick yeah um but i love the live album so i listen to that a lot okay Um, i just think it's really good it's amazing so i'm gonna pick 10 minute mile from the live show
0: is it is it live something to write home about or do they do a live album
1: they've got a live album and it's I incredible I don't think i've heard it just you don't need anything else in your well you need lots of other things in your life but yeah, as far as the get up kids go it's a really good mix of songs and it's really good just sounds great
0: awesome thank so you yeah. so much
1: thank you for this having me
0: and i just told you it goes quicker than what you
1: think Well, you know, yeah, I talk fast, so that helps but you know that brought it down. People won't have to listen to it on one point five speed.
0: No, fuck to fuck on that. They need to get the the normal speed, (laughs) take it all in. Sick. Thank you so much. Thanks for
1: having me, Joel. It was heaps of fun. Sick. Bye.
3: Everybody talking to their pockets Everybody wants a box of chocolates And a long stem room. And everybody knows, everybody knows, everybody knows, that's how it goes. Never. Everybody knows that it's me or you. And everybody knows that you'll live forever. Oh, when you're done a line or two. Everybody knows the deal is rotten. Old Black Joe still picking cotton. But there's gonna be a meter on your bed that will disclose